This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so we're starting a new series, The Christ-Centered Life. And this is the first time I'm preaching this year. So I have been waiting very long for this. Hold me back, hold me back. <laughs> okay, so... Um, to give you guys a bit of context and um, for maybe for those who are, are newer to our congregation, to give you a bit of a backstory. So in 2009, we came to East London. Uh, our son was just born just after we arrived. And my wife, uh, the next three years was really tough. Po- she had postnatal depression, struggling to sleep for about three years. So that's like 29, 10, 11 into 2012. And and that season, we were really struggling, lacking joy, lacking peace. Um, church was struggling, although there was growing in numbers, but we weren't really moving forward. And and I became more and more desperate for God to to help us, you know, move move forward. And so uh, in 2012, around somewhere there in 2012, end of 2011. Some of our church members, some of our church leaders went to another church in town at times to experience more of God. And there was a beautiful move of the Holy Spirit at one of the churches in town. And so these leaders in the church, they went there. And I was so offended. I'm like, how dare you say there's more of Jesus at another church? Because we, I mean, you, as human nature, you want to say your church is the best, you know, kind of thing. And I, I was just so offended because I was like, and we were really struggling and and really giving it our best, you know, really trying, trusting that the church is going to grow and it, it just really wasn't as we were trusting it for. And so in that time, you know, I, w- I went to the Lord, I prayed about this other church and these things and our people, some of our people going there. And I was like ready, you know, to take it to the pulpit. To tell people why they need to stay away from that other church. Because it's dangerous and all these reasons. And as I went to the Lord, as I prayed to God about this, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me and say to me, not an external voice, but like an internal voice, but clearly, clearly God. God rebuked me. And he said to me, either you humble yourself and you receive, or you remain proud and you receive nothing. I was like, okay, I choose humble option. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. But I, I could give, I could give so many reasons why I'm not going to do that and why I know what I, I know how to do church and I'm, I could have, I could have remained proud and I could have missed out on everything. That God has done over the last 10 years. Because I, I went to that church. I got exposed to more of the things of the spirit. And that opened a new world to me. In terms of books I started to read. Places I started to go. And impartation I received. Radical shift in my life. 10 years down the line now. I mean with this so much has changed. But it took a bit of humility. To say I I. Don't have it all figured out. And, and I see this. I see this with preachers. I see this with Christians. I see it. We tend to err to the side of pride. 
I know. What can you teach me? And then we miss out. We miss out on all God wants to give us. You know, so there needs to be a hunger. There needs to be a humility. It's not like we've arrived. It's, it's a lifelong journey is to, to a lifelong journey to continuously humble ourselves and follow the Lord. But there's been such a change. I tell you, our lives have been transformed. So much joy, so much peace. So much fruit, so many things God is doing now. And if I didn't listen in 2012, I would have missed out on it all. And so I really want to encourage us today as we pursue the Christ-centered life. It is only through a humility and a hunger that we're going to move into all that God has for us. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, 50 years, 60 years. I don't care how much you know. We need to follow Jesus where the spirit is leading. And the classic example is as the, as the Israelites were in the wilderness, they would always build camp around the, the tabernacle of Moses. But the tangible presence of God, like the glory cloud, the cloud by day, fire by night. And they would build if, if the cloud settles. They would park because that's where God is now. And if the glory cloud, if it lifts and moves, they would pack their things and they would follow. The Lord told me last year, the glory has moved. I tell you, so many Christians, so many churches, so many people are still stuck where they were. And they would legitimately say, but God moved here. Yes, but he's moved on. The glory has moved. Are we going to follow? Yes, you probably have stories of what God has done in your life. And this is how you prayed before. And this is how you related to God in the past. And yes, but he has moved. And you need to follow. You need to follow. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. Okay. And and, And that's where you need a hunger and a humility. Hunger and a humility. We never arrive. We're always just following. Following Jesus. Following the King. Following the glory. Amen. And this beautiful thing happens when you live the Christ-centered life. Then we become like walking revival. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys, who've been watching the Chosen series? It is amazing. If you want the scriptures to come alive to you, if you want to see Jesus like you've never seen him before, you have to watch this. You can download the app, get it, watch it with season three, and we watched it a few times. And I cry almost every episode because I see Jesus. And I tell you, and one of the things, the themes that's coming through that we see in the scriptures as well is this theme of dead religion versus the real deal. Jesus, the real deal. And then dead religion, religious leaders or just religious people that think they know. Because we've had Moses all these centuries. And then this upstart Jesus comes and he claims crazy things, insane things that he, oh, it was so offensive. I can just imagine. It's blasphemous unless he truly is the son of God. 
And so I really want to encourage you to watch it and allow it. The scriptures will come alive to you. But we see this clash the whole time of dead religion versus Jesus, the walking revival. You see, that's why we need revival. Revival is the answer to dead religion. Our nation is sick with dead religion. Our churches are sick with dead religion. People stuck in the past, not following the glory, not following where Jesus is leading us. And it is uncomfortable to follow the things of the spirit. But it's beautiful. I saw a vision of a a word for the year. I felt the Lord say to me, trust me, trust me. And I saw this picture of someone standing on a cliff and diving into the waters below. That is following Jesus. Following him and he's calling us to follow him. He's calling us to step out. He's calling us to take the opportunities that he brings to us to move closer to him. But with the Pharisees and the religious leaders, you and I can be like them. And that's scary. That is scary. That's why humility and hunger saying, God, I want to learn. God, I want to grow. I want to challenge you for this year. Come with this attitude. Come with this heart. Lord, I want to grow. God, I'm here to learn. That's the definition of a disciple. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus. But then you need to come with that. Lord, I want to learn. God, I want to grow. That is where we can enter the Christ-centered life. So I want to show you this this diagram, a circle with a dot in the middle. This has been, the last few weeks, this has been what I've been seeing in my mind's eye. I'm going to use this and expand upon this in, in this series. But the circle, the blue circle represents the kingdom of light. And right at the center, that is the Christ-centered life. That's the dot there in the middle, the little circle, the white circle there, right in the middle. That's where you want to be. On the outside is the kingdom of darkness. And so that day when you and I call upon the name of Jesus and we say, Lord, save me. I realize I need a savior. I'm a sinner. I am lost. I can't do this. Jesus, help me. That when you call upon his name, then you transition out of the outside of the circle into out of the kingdom of darkness. You transition into the kingdom of light. Now, the question is. Does that guarantee success in terms of God's definition? Does that guarantee being blessed all your life? No, it doesn't. That, that, that call, that crying out to God, that, that moment you call upon the Lord and you give your life to Him and you surrender when you heard His knock at the door and you surrender, that is beautiful. That is wonderful. But that's just the start. That's just the start. And what happens is we move into the circle, but many of us are like on the fringes. You're in the blue, but you're on the fringe. You're not in the presence of God. You're not living the Christ-centered life. You're not experiencing his presence. You're not a walking revival. You're not living the open heavens life with nothing between you and, and heaven. And so I, I see it like a number of us are we on our four by four. Our, Quad bikes chasing around there in the outside. Yes. Lekker. But we're not at the center. We haven't prioritized. We're not seeking first the kingdom. 
We're not passionately pursuing Him. We haven't humbled ourselves necessarily to, to take on that learner, disciple attitude from God. I want to, I want to live in your presence. So I want to call us into that place, into the center, the Christ centered life. That's when you, be, that's, that's when you become a walking revival. That is when you experience peace and joy and the presence of God like never before. 2012, I was a, the pastor of this church and I wasn't living, I thought I was living the Christ-centered life, but I, I needed help. I needed impartation. I needed more of the Holy Spirit to move me into that centered place. And now we're living that more and more and then amazing things happen. So I want to call us into that. And how about becoming a walking revival? Just miracles breaking out around you continuously. And so one of the things that Jesus said that was so offensive, so offensive, it's, it's so insane it must be true. But he said in John fourteen six, he said, Jesus said to him, the context is here, he was talking about going somewhere, preparing a place for the disciples. He was talking about heaven and saying he's going to prepare a place, they're going to follow him. And then Thomas, thank God for Thomas that asked questions and saying, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know the way. Because she said, you know the way and you, and, and, and you know where I'm going. And Thomas said, no, we don't. Clueless. And then Jesus cuts through the clutter. He, he simplifies everything with this one statement. If you want to simplify your life. And this, this summarizes the Christ-centered life. He said, I am the way. You want to know the way for 2023? Jesus is the way. Follow him. No other way. Just follow him. And then he says, and the truth. Imagine somebody saying that. I am the way. That is blasphemy. Unless he is the son of God. Jesus claimed to be God. And he said, I am the way to the father. No one. No one comes to the father except through me. There's no other way. There's no other path. It's only Jesus that opened the way through the, his shed blood. He is the only one that died for all our stuff so that we can come to the Father. But he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the standard. Doesn't matter what anybody says on the planet. If it contradicts what Jesus is saying, it's wrong. And it's going to lead you astray. And they said, I am the life. Everything you're looking for is found in Jesus. I promise you. Everything you're looking for in life is found in Jesus. But in the, the Christ-centered life, not on the fringes. The fringes is that. The center. In his presence. In him. Open heavens. That is glorious. That is beautiful. So just put the diagram on again. I want to show you that again. That center spot. You want to be at the center. You want to be at the center. So I want to, I want to, in, in this message, I want to give you a few reasons, like five or six reasons why you want to live the Christ-centered life. I'm going to give you one tool in terms of how to move into the Christ-centered life, but I primarily want to emphasize the why. And in the rest of the series, we're going to look at it from different angles. Okay, so we're going to go to Psalm chapter 1. And unpack it. We're going to deep dive into the word. Six verses. We're going to break it down. 
I'm going to look at what the word of God says. And so Jesus is the word that became flesh. In Psalm chapter 1, it speaks about the blessed man or woman. How can you be blessed? And if you want to truly live the Christ-centered life, you need to live the word-centered life. Okay? So we'll, we'll unpack that in, in, in a moment. Okay, so let's look at it. Psalm chapter 1. Verse 1 to 3. It says, Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay? In other words, you don't, you don't listen just to what everything's being said in the world. The blessed man or woman walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But then verse 2 says, But his delight... Is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. The blessed man delights in God's word and meditates in it. And then verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Imagine that. Imagine whatever he or she does will prosper. Wow, what an invitation. And, and, and gives the, the answers here. So let's look at verse 1. It says, blessed is the man. What is blessed? It means happy to be envied. Have you ever looked at somebody and you think, man, they've always just got things together. Things just seem to work. Things fall in place. It's just like, wow, they are solid, stable, purpose-driven, missional, and things work. You know, when I, when I became a believer, I was a mess, 18 year old mess. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I was sort of aiming in the right direction, <laughs> trying to follow Jesus. And so Sonica shared with me some years later, she said, cause I was like, it was, it was wild. I had to like, I was passionate and wild and unwise and all those wonderful things. And, <laughs> And she said that at one point the Holy Spirit spoke to her just before we were dating, before we were, we were sort of just friends. And, and the Holy Spirit said to her, give him time. Give him time. And as I got into the word, as I pursued God, then suddenly things started to change. I started to be standing, standing on the rock. I became solid, stable, focused, not up and down. More wise, more wise, <laughs> more self-controlled. More joy and, and, and so forth, you know, as, as, as I was growing. But it says, blessed is the man or the woman. Blessed. So that, that you can be that person. Happy and to be envied. Everyone looking at you like, wow, how do you do this? Jesus. Jesus, giving him honor. He's changed you. So that is available. It doesn't matter how messy your life might be right now. There is a way that you can transition from that fringe on the diagram. From the fringe, you can transition into the center, that Christ-centered life. So the Christ-centered life, it is a place where you are truly blessed. That's one of the reasons you want to you wanna live the Christ. It's where you are truly blessed. I mean, tangibly, not just like theoretical, I'm blessed. You can see the blessing. You can see the blessing in your life. And then it says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Now you need to understand this, that what the world, the secular world believes is the polar opposite of what scripture says. So you can't say I'm coming into the kingdom and I want to be the Christ-centered life, but I still embrace everything the world says. You can't. There's a massive clash. And so you need to make the shift to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay, so to give you one example, you see, um, the, the secular worldview gives us answers. A worldview answers all these big questions like, what is our source? What is our origin? Where do we come from? Who are we? And where are we going? What does the future look like? That's what a worldview does. It answers those questions. The blessed man or woman embraces what scripture says. Okay, so one of the things that the world would say is like an evolutionary perspective. Here's a picture. So it says, where do we come from? Well, millions and millions and billions of years and millions of years of evolution. Random processes. Well, there's probably no God involved. or if, If there is a God, then he's distant. A lot of death and a lot of destruction brought us here by chance. You have no purpose. You have no meaning to your life. You're just an animal. Your great granddaddy was a monkey. That's what it says. That's the implication. If you make that your gospel, your source, if you, if you, if you embrace the the, the, the counsel of the ungodly, those who do not believe in God, it's going to lead you down a very specific path. It's going to lead to, well, well, who am I? What am I? Animal. What are you doing here? By chance here. You know, no purpose, no meaning. Your future? Dust. No hope. That's not very exciting, is it? But if you embrace the word of God, then we find that there's a creator. You can go two slides on, just do the creator. You Then you're like, wow, God, you made it all. You purposed us. That means there's meaning. I have a hope. I have a future. Even if I die, I will live on in Christ in eternity. I'm not afraid. It gives us incredible boldness and incredible confidence. Do not be afraid of death. Jesus overcame death. And so we can live boldly and confidently knowing we have a purpose. We have a meaning. We are the chosen by God. He chose you. He's calling you to himself. And I can't go into the details of why a creation is, is, is so powerful. But if you go to the previous slide, you, there's, there's this book. I shared about this on Christmas Day. You can watch the message online on our Facebook page or on YouTube. But I shared some. The, the, this guy wrote this book, Is Atheism Dead? And he just puts down scientific evidences from the last 20 to 30 years. It is mind-boggling how science is pointing to a super-intelligence behind everything that is. It is mind-boggling. It is incredible. Everything's pointing to creator. And you want to fall on your knees and you want to worship. So you need to choose. The blessed man walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And also it continues there. And it says, 
No stands in the path of sinners. In other words, if you want to be blessed, you need to live differently. If you go to a party, you must be able to say, that's the Christian. That's not the Christian. Clear. The way we speak, the way we act, the way we drink, the way we live, it's different. Because we want to be blessed. We want to know this God. So we're different. We're different. So you cannot walk. You cannot stand in the path. Of sinners, we, we have to be the light. We have to be different. And there also no sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, the scornful is like the mockers, the cynics, the negative and unbelieving and hopeless and just finding fault with everything. We are different because God has planted hope in our hearts. And that hope, that light overwhelms all the negatives, all the hopelessness, all the fears. I don't know how, but God's going to solve Eskom. I don't know how. I don't know how. But we can't lie awake at night wondering, fearful about the future. No. God's got us in his hands. In his hands. Safe in him. That is the blessed man and woman. That is the one that sleeps well and hot at night. (laughs) Because the nights have been hot when load shedding kicks in. Praise God. (laughs) Okay, verse 2. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight, the blessed man, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. And in his law, he meditates day and night. I want to bring this in, into a practical, this is where the practical part, you want to be blessed? Delight. In his word. He's the living word. He's the living word. Delight in his word and meditate in it day and night. I love that. I've been sitting on Psalm 1 for the last few weeks. And I want to encourage you. Because I know sometimes we like feel overwhelmed. I need to know all the Bible says. No, you don't need to know it all. Just take one verse a week. Obviously read a little bit more. But I've spoken to some of you guys. And it's like. I am not a reader. Okay, but you read stop signs and things like that. So you can do one line. One line. (laughs) Take one line and sit on it. Take one line and make it part of your thinking. It's like I have been just saying, I am the blessed man. And I, why? Because I delight in your word, oh God. I delight in it. So I would just spend times at, say, in worship or in prayer, and I would just declare it back to God, say, Lord, thank you that I delight in your word. I delight in your word, God. You see, when you declare it, when you say it, you lead your heart. You need to believe who you are in Christ. Stop saying, I don't read. No, I read one verse a week. I read it. I meditate. Blessed is the man or woman who meditate upon it day and night. In other words, you, you, you fill your mind. You're driving in your car. And you say, I delight in your word. Lord, I delight in your word. Come on, let's say it together. I delight in your word. I delight in your word. Because his word leads you from the fringe into the presence of God. The word of God awakens us to the ways of God. It awakens us. It's like, that's the way. That's the way. That's the way of truth. That's the way of life. That's the way of blessing. 
reveals us the way. It's like in the chosen series, Simon, Peter, at some point is engaging with a centurion and, and Simon is struggling because his wife is angry with him and he doesn't know why. All men struggle with that. Are you okay? Fine. Fine. I know you're not fine, but you're not going to tell me. And you, I need to know what I did wrong. I'm like, my wife is on uh, Simon Peter's wife's side and I'm on Simon's side. I'm like, tell my wife, that's just unfair. Help the guy. Anyway, so the centurion at some point gives like a truth that I believe is found in scripture. A path of humility in terms of how to relate to your partner. And so he said at some point, five words. You're right. I am sorry. He said to Simon, just say this to your wife. You're right. I am sorry. But Simon didn't know that that doesn't work unless you know what you did wrong. So he was still in trouble. But anyway, but there's like these moments of truth that you discover the ways of God, the path of humility where you say, I'm really sorry. You know, how can, how can I make things right? But the word of God awakens us to the ways of God. It's beautiful. It's like the lights come on. You don't know what to do, but suddenly you know what to do. Humble yourself, make right. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Law, it's a law. It doesn't change. It's, you can trust it. It stands like a eternal law. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So you want to fill your mind with the word. So here's your challenge this next week. Take like one of these verses and just sit on it. Pray it back to God. Declare it over yourself. I love uh, my son and I, we were running yesterday and he said to me, cause he was listening to a song, a worship song in the morning. And now we're just making these incredible declarations of truth. And it says, as he was running, it was just running through his head over and over again. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. You know, when you lead your thoughts in the right direction, then you can take up that Christ centered place. Amen. That's where peace is. That's where joy is. That's where freedom is. The word of God awakens you to the ways of God. So I still want to encourage you. How do you, how can we stir our passion, our love, our delight for the word of God? Well, start declaring it and start praying about it. Saying, Lord, I delight. And then also something like joining our Bible school. You're going to, you're going to discover a delight in the word of God. So I did Bible show for Bible school when, uh, as a student, 1997. Around there, I was so excited about Tuesday nights because I sat next to this really pretty girl. Yes, I was like, Jesus and pretty girl. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now that pretty girl became my wife. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. But I tell you, miracles break out around the word of God. So uh, you never know, singles, what could happen there at Bible school. First night, sitting down like, hey, uh, uh, don't be too weird, okay? Just just keep cool. Don't be too weird. But you never know. But the man or the woman you want to marry is a woman of the word or a man of the word. Amen? Come on. That's the one. That's the one. Then you know. I knew Sonica sold out for Jesus. Love Christ. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So verse three. It says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The blessed man. I'm like, all of us want to dive into the water right now. 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Hallelujah. So uh, our brother Hink, he wrote a book, and uh, we will promote it in the next few weeks. But he said, I was reading the first part of his book, and he said this so beautifully that it just stuck with me. And he said, Scripture propels you into the supernatural. Scripture propels you into the supernatural. There's Hink. Just wave. He's like famous wave, book author, writer, <laughs> former flame ministries. But that's, that stuck with me. That was so powerful. Scripture propels you into the supernatural. So if you put the diagram on again. Because if you're on the fringes, the word of God's going to propel you into that center place. And when you're in the center place, anything can happen. That's where you want to be. That is where you want to be. The scripture continues. It says that it brings forth its fruit in its season. It it basically means in every season you're going to bear fruit. And then it also says there, whose leaf shall not wither. In other words, it speaks of this picture of pressure. It's drought. It's dry. It's a challenging season. But the blessed man or woman, they're producing fruit. Because they planted at the at the river. That river never dries up. And you see, in this river... It's not like a physical, natural river here. When you're in that centered spot, it's a river flowing from heaven to earth. It's, a, it's, it's life-giving. It flows over you. That's when you're like, presence. Oh, I just love this last week or two of praying for people uh, who needed deliverance. And I, uh, we would just worship a little bit together. And I tell you, it's like waves of glory. It's amazing. Nothing compares. The moment you step out, you say, Lord, I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to pray for them. The Lord says, well, (laughs) rivers of life, here it comes. You're not going to receive it by just being passive and doing nothing. Just sitting in the chair. That's not when you're going to get the river of life. You say, Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to help others. I want to see them set free. And then when you step out, (laughs) I told the guys like... uh, you know, it was a conference, convergence conference in Cape Town. I wasn't speaking at the conference. And it was wonderful, beautiful worship, beautiful times. But I tell you, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel it. I tell you, you feel it when you do this. You feel it when you pray for somebody who needs help. You feel it when you step out to tell somebody about Jesus. I tell you, it takes you into another dimension. So on the Sunday morning, we were in front hook ministering there. And I was like, yes, let the river flow, Lord. It's nothing as precious as having this river of life flow through you. It's not you, it's Christ through you. But you need to step out. And so, so this, this, there's something about pressure. I have discovered the gift of pressure. It takes me deeper into Christ. How do you respond when there's pressure? You complain. You freak out. What do you do? Go watch a series. Ignore it. Run away. You know how I respond? I worship. I pray. I draw near to God. And so last year we went to... um, uh, uh, Namibia, we also went to Ivory Coast, and before that time, both times, there was massive pressure. And we're going to Namibia two days before we would travel. Both my son and I were 
diagnosed or we were tested positive for COVID, then you can't fly. And, and it was so just such a mission of two days, two days of just worshiping and praying, seeking the face of God, standing on his word. And so it moved me from the fringes into the center. And so we, we landed in, in, in Namibia in Vintuk and then we drove from Vintuk to Swakopmund with our good friends JP and Marlies Archer. And we were driving together as families and, and about the first hour we'd catch up a bit and then I was like, can we worship? So the next like three hours, we were worshiping. I could feel we're opening things up. I could feel I'm stepping into that Christ-centered place. I could sense God is going to move even in Swakopmund. Can you believe it? And he did. And I want to share one of the stories that I know most of you probably have known, but those who are new, this would be new to you. But here's a photo of a young man, a boy, 16-year-old, Tristan. So on the Sunday morning, and I said, as we've been prepared, we had ministry evenings, it was beautiful. But on that Sunday morning, as we were doing ministry, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, pray for people's hearing. There are people that are struggling in their hearing. And so his older brother brought him. And uh, he had hearing aids in and was born with a major hearing problem. And so I told him, take it out. And I'm like, well, we, the Holy Spirit said, pray for hearing. Now here we're going to step out. And now you're just trusting that that river of life will flow. That that river of life would flow. And it's a step of faith. It's, di- it's diving off that cliff into the presence of God. Because it's like in front of the whole church. And so we prayed. And we prayed, we commanded healing in the name of Jesus. And we just trusted that his anointing would come and restore hearing. And then every time we would test and he would say, he maybe had like 5% hearing or less. I'm not sure exactly what it was at. And then as we prayed, it would increase to 30%, then 50%, then 70%, then 85%. And I was like, yes. And I tell you that moment, it's hard to explain it. But it suddenly looks like the heavenlies just open. Over that environment. And you started hearing the voice of God. And I started to prophesy. What God is saying. This will be a sign to the nations. And this will have impact on so many people's lives. It was just beautiful. And then um, the evening. The next, next photo. His little brother. Same thing. Little brother came. Also healed. No hearing aids out. Healed. Praise God. But the most beautiful thing is two weeks later. So this Tristan was in, is in a normal school. Normal hearing school. And they did tests. Of all the young people in the school, hearing tests. Ah, so guess whose results were the best of everyone? Hallelujah. That's God. That's Jesus. You don't have to fake it. You have to make it up. It's a miracle. No, it's, it, will, it, it will be tested and it will be true. But that's the kind that that's when you become a, a walking revival. So that's what I'm trusting God for. Every meeting, every time we get together, wherever we go, I want to hear. I want to be in the spirit. I want to be in that place, Christ-centered spot. I want to hear what God is doing right now. I want to partner with Him, and I want that river of life to flow forth. And I believe that's available to every one of us. At work, why should you just be like, "Oh, feels terrible at work." No, open heavens, worship on your way to work, declare the word of God over your work environment, unlock your faith and be ready for what God wants to do. Just a, something small for somebody to, to impact their lives.
But the blessed man or woman, they bring forth fruit in every season. And their leaf shall not wither. Amen. This is the kind of thing that happens when you are planted in his presence, when you live the Christ-centered life. So pursue it. And then it is, the verse 3 ends off with, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that. Whatever he does, whatever he does, I, I, I'm starting to experience that. Ten years ago, we were just struggling. <laughs> and yes, there have been challenging seasons all the way at times. But it's, it is a place where it just suddenly just it's just God. God is just, whatever you do, it's working. Lives are being changed. The kingdom is coming. It's just working. And, and that is where God wants you. Because he is with you. Because ultimately you are with him. So step into that. So the Christ-centered life, it is the, a place in the spirit where whatever you touch will prosper. Your business, your work, your relationships. I mean, you need to evaluate your life. Because you can quickly see if you're not living the Christ-centered life because things are not working. Your relationships are not working. You don't have peace. You don't have joy. You are struggling. And I tell you, when you live that Christ-centered life and you transition according to the word of God, I believe every part of your life will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed when you start applying scripture. Being a good steward, being faithful, being self-controlled and not overspending and also trusting God for that increase. He will bring it. You will be the blessed man or woman. No one can keep that kind of person back. God will open things for you. Amen. Come on, let's make a declaration. Just say it. God will open things for me. Yeah, he will. He will. He will. I love how Pastor Rassi told the story uh, in Poch. He's a friend who's a farmer, and the farmer is quite prophetic. So he like hears, really hears the voice of God. And so he would just follow what the voice of God says to him in terms of when to plant. And so all the farmers in the area are saying, no, it's too dry. You can't plant. It's going to be a disaster. And then he hears the voice of God say, plant. He plants. Everybody else misses the opportunity. Massive harvest. So all the farmers in the area is like, what is that guy doing this year? What is he doing? We want to know. We want to know. That's the kind of access that's available to us. You can access the God, the creator of everything. Come on. Hallelujah. It's available. Then last three verses, just very short. I'm just going to touch on it. It says the ungodly, verse 4, the ungodly are not so. They're not like the blessed. They are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So verse 4 reveals another principle. The Christ-centered life, it is a place in the spirit where your life matters. Because it's saying the ungodly are like the chaff. What's the chaff? So when it comes to wheat and harvesting wheat, the chaff is like the this covering around the kernel of wheat. It's like the shell. It's worthless. You can just feed animals with it, but you, it was not human, not for human consumption. And so, in times when they would winnow, though they would they would um, want to split the chaff from the actual kernel, they would do this. Here's a picture. 
So they would have like a, a, like a shovel kind of thing or, and they would throw the wheat into the air and the wind would blow the chaff and the heavy, the weighty kernel, the wheat would drop. When you and I don't live according to the word of God, we become like the chaff. Every wind just blows us around. But when you're the blessed man or woman and you delight in the word of God and you meditate upon the word of God and you begin to apply it, you stand on the rock. Storms can come, but you're standing. You're blessed. You're living the Christ-centered life. That's where you want to be. Waiting. And so what happens is that your, your words begin to carry weight in the spirit. I love how one preacher said this. He said, if you don't value the word of God, neither will God value yours. Your prayers won't matter because you don't value his word. If you don't value his word, neither will he value yours. But when you delight in his word and you plant it in his presence, your words carry weight. You can speak and the kingdom comes. Your prayers will be heard. You will experience the blessings of God around uh, in your life. Because then someone's like, God, why aren't you hearing me? I prayed and you didn't do it. Maybe you're at the fringes and you should be in the center. Transition. Transition. Make the move. Make the move. And then lastly, Psalm 1 verse 6 in the New Living Translation. It says, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Now the truth is you and I, any one of us could be the ungodly. Doesn't matter how sincere we are. If we don't follow the ways of God, we position ourselves on a path of destruction. And a loving father is crying, calling out to us, open the door for me. How do you open the door? By obeying him, by stepping out. It's not about doing like a hundred different things. It's not about like, oh, I need all these. Just the next step of obedience. Just the next thing that the Holy Spirit convicts you of, just do it. Doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is. Doesn't matter how, whatever, just, just do it. And you step onto his path. And that is the path that he looks out for. That is the path of protection. That is the path of blessing. The Lord watches over his path. So step into his path. Right now, you can do that. Doesn't matter how your past, what your past looks like. Doesn't matter how messed up your life right now might be. You can step in onto the path of the Lord. There's grace to transition. Just do what he tells you. I love how somebody said, uh, or broke this open. But when, when Jesus, uh, it was at the wedding and, and they ran out of wine and then his mother came to Jesus and asked him to solve this problem. And, uh, and then finally he said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. And then Mary, the mother of Jesus, said to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. That is the key for miracles. That is the key for the kingdom of God to flood in. Whatever he tells you, just do it. I promise you, I promise you on my life, it works. It works. And so I am like, I want to be in the will of God at all cost because that is where the lord watches over us so when we had the kingdom unleashed conference uh in september last year uh, we had pastor rassi here from from potch and uh 
And we were speaking about, you know, another preacher from somewhere else in the world. And uh, I said something about this preacher that maybe was right, maybe was true, but it wasn't kind. And it wasn't honorable. And so we, I think it was a Saturday night and we were like worshiping. We're trusting Jesus to move. And I was standing here and I was just worshiping the Lord. And then in one moment, the Holy Spirit convicts me and says to me, that wasn't honorable. So I was like, okay, I need to make it right. So in worship, I walked over to Pastor Rassi. I whispered in his ear and said, Rassi, what I said there was unkind. It was dishonoring. I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. And then I went back and we worshipped. But that's the kind of lifestyle you need if you want to live a Christ-centered life. If the Lord convicts you, respond, repent, own it, and realign your life according to his word, and you will be blessed. Amen? And it takes time to transition into that place. I mean, it's 10 years for us now from 2012 to now to, to move into what God has called us to. So it takes time. But you need to start with those small steps and realign your life. Guys, start now. Don't have me preach this message 10 years from now. And you're still like, oh, I shouldn't 2023. It's 2033 now. I should have started over there. But now I chose my own way. And look at the mess. I promise you it's going to be a mess. If you want blessing of your relationships, your finances, your heart, your life, your destiny, obey him, follow him. And he's going to help you. He's going to help you. Amen. Doesn't matter how it hurts. Uncomfortable at the start, but just do it. So the last one there, the Christ-centered life. It is a place in the spirit where you will experience the closeness of God. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.